What's going on, folks? What's going on? Welcome again to the Unscripted Podcast. I am your host, as always, Soul. I have a special guest in the the building today with me. You know, we're going to bring her in 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 just a minute here. But let me first tell you what we're, uh, we're talking about today. We're talking about lessons learned. Lessons learned. You ever uh, sit down and think about, you know, some stuff that you went through in your life and then you're like, man, why did I do that? You know, or, or just something that happened or you did something that you know you were wrongdoing, but you just did it anyway. And you had a lesson learned. That's what this is about, folks. We are going to uh, indulge in these, uh, these lessons learned. So, but before we do that, I have to... I have to um, recap from last podcast. So if you've listened to the last podcast, uh, it was about, you know, don't judge me and things that, you know, were weird or whatever. And there was one thing that I talked about uh, specifically around uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches with grape jelly. Um, I, I, I had to go out and test it. I had to go try it because I can't knock it if, you know. If I don't try it, so I tried it, and it's all right, you know. Uh, it's okay, I, you know. It's not something that I would do every single day, or if I had to go to Chick Fil A again, uh, it's not like I'm gonna grab grape jelly. But you know, it is what it is, and so um, thoroughly and um, thoroughly enjoyed the sandwich, though. Thoroughly enjoyed the sandwich. So anybody that's out there that eats Chick Fil A sandwiches with grape jelly, my hats are off to you. More kudos to you. I'm not going to do it ever again, probably, but, you know, it's, you know, I'm not knocking you. But anyways, so on to tonight's podcast. I have a special guest in the house. I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam So, and I am known as Soul's best friend. Yes, you know it. Best friend has been a crib. So we are, we're going to talk about, like I said, some lessons learned. Um, and it's going to be interesting. It might get a little deep. might not get a little deep. We'll see. We'll see. So, but I'm going to start. I'm going to kick it off. So, my first, first lesson I learned, let me tell you, you know, I miss mom to pieces, like I miss my mom to pieces, but I think she, she, uh, she taught me a lot of lessons in life that, uh, that stuck with me today, um, you know, and you kind of, you kind of, uh, you kind of look back and think about those, those situations, you're like, man, like, why did I ever do that? Um, one specifically, I remember, <laughs> so... I don't know what it was when I was a kid, but I like playing with fire. Um, I was a little crazy, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say sit here I, like I was a, the angel child. Uh, I played with fire, you know, and I wasn't supposed to. So one day, Mom had just got this new carpet, yo. Straight up got this new carpet, and I was playing with fire, of course. You know, me, I'm not a pyromaniac, folks. Don't even think that. I just, uh, I don't know. I just was fascinated with it. So um, I burnt the paper napkin and it burnt in my hand, and it dropped on the carpet, and it burnt the section of the carpet. So my lesson learned in that one was mom can box like nobody's business. <laughs> like, she, uh, <laughs> she has the fighting spirit of Mike Tyson. Mm. So once she figured out that the carpet was burned, um, <laughs> needless to say, I was catching the hands. And everybody, if you know me, you know, that's my mantra. You know, you can catch these hands. I caught the hands that day As religiously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I wasn't supposed to caught, <laughs> catch the hands. Because I, 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 was, I was, you know, as a kid, you know, you think that you can hide it and, right. and try to get away from it. Nah, man, it's just, I, 
I legitimately caught the hands and it was just, <laughs> it was not a good day. So much so that like, you know, to get away from it, I had to lock myself in the bathroom for like an hour or so. Uh, that was a, a hard lesson to learn, uh, not to mess with fire because, uh, and ever, I, I, after that, I, did, I never played with fire ever again. Like, that was all I needed oh, to know. I could it just w- see you, like, avoiding, like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. But. Yeah. Like, I, I pushed off her. Like, like literally, she was like, wop, wop, wop. She was getting at me. And I was like, I had to push off and run. Like, I literally mad dashed upstairs to the bathroom. And I could not. <laughs> I had to stay there for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was definitely a hard lesson learned. Like, I, again, that was, it was crazy. It was crazy because I never, you, you you never think you're gonna get caught when you're when you're a kid. You always think, oh, I'm scotch free, mm-hmm. you know. What I'm saying I'm burnt this carpet. She ain't never gonna see that man. It was a huge spot. Like you could not not see that spot. Like I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, why I even thought that it was gonna be okay to try to hide it? I tried to hide it with like the pillows. Uh-uh. I put the pillows. Man, I tried to do everything. Uh-uh. Was not working. Play. I got. <laughs> it, 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 it sounded good in theory. It did. It, it sounded really good in theory. I got toe off. I got toe <laughs> off, man. I got toe off. So that's my lesson. You got any lessons for us? So I have one. Um, so when well, originally I was born in Mount Vernon, New York. So New when, York in the house. New York's in the house. So when I was about six. No, it should be about when I was seven or eight. Um, My grandma from Senegal, rest in peace, um, she had came to Africa. Well, she came from Africa to help my mom out after my sister was born. So she had this fear when it came to NYPD. Um, (laughs) New York's finest out there. (laughs) Just from watching movies and everything. Right. And so I knew this fear. And so when I wanted to get something that I wanted, I used that to my advantage and said, hey, I'm calling NYPD. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to, to scare her. So um, in this particular instance, I think that I, I think I was to stay up to watch TV or something. And so she was trying to make me go to bed, right. you know, because I had school in the morning. But I was trying to take advantage of it. Mom wasn't home from work. Dad wasn't home. It was just grandma. Oh, okay. I know how to get to grandma. And so I was like, I'm calling NYPD. And so like, (laughs) (laughs) and so like, I made it seem like I called 911 and everything. And she was like, insanely afraid. Like, oh, like, mm -mm." like, she was like, call your mom right now. So like, I called my mom. I was a very, you know, very smart eight year old. Right. So I called my mom. And so she called, she was just like, I need you to buy me a plane ticket. To go back to Africa because I will refuse to accept <laughs> this from your devil daughter. Um, and so, like, in in that time, I thought it was so funny. Like, she was legit crying. Like, I really had her shook. And now thinking back to it, I was just like, that was not funny. Ugh, hell no. <laughs> it was not mean? funny at all. And like I had, I, I had this devilish laugh because I just really thought like she's really freaking out. And I did yeah. not call police. Yeah. And like the whole time she's like freaking out. Meanwhile, I'm still inadvertently able to watch TV. That's ridiculous. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that was definitely a lesson learned. Um, and like just thinking back, like when I was younger, I really gave my grandma a hard time. 
And that's a mess. <laughs> that's a mess. <laughs> so definitely the lesson learned in that is, you know, you shouldn't use people's fears to trigger them yeah. to that capacity. Yeah. Because now looking back at it, that was very anxiety driven. Right. And I just, at the time, I thought it was hilarious. You was a kid though. I mean, yeah. you didn't know any better. You right. just wanted to watch TV. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Literally. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> So let me tell you about a time that I thought I was going to be an athlete, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, I, in my mind, I'm like, man, my boy, my, one of my boys from school was like, yo, you should, you should join the track team. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, you might enjoy that. Mm-hmm. You could be a long distance runner or whatever have you. And in my mind, you know, I'm gassing myself up trying to, I got this. You know what I'm saying, man? I, I definitely can do this track thing like it's going it's going to go down it's going to go down i'm about to be amazing out there i'm about to do my thing needless to say me and track had a hate love hate relationship i i went for one track practice one that was it that was my my whole career mm-hmm. my whole career the track career was one uh one track practice and i was like they broke me off i was like nope never again i'm good Matter of fact, my ankle, I did something to my ankle. I was mm-hmm. like, man, it was a mess. But I remember um, they had us doing uh, this thing where you got to walk over to walk over the hurdles, like do like these step over the hurdles. And he kept making us do that, mm-hmm. kept making us do that. And we got to go under and over and under and over. And then we had to do sprints. And I was like, and I still got to go to school the next day. Bro, I did not want to go to school after that. I was like, this is a I, I, kudos to anybody that did track and field or does track and field now. Like I, I like running. Like you know, and like I said before, um, I did. I was in prior military, so mm-hmm. now adult me, I like. I don't mind running now. Child me, no. Like I was lazy. Like put me in front of a video game. That that's <laughs> life right there. But me trying to get out and just do. Like track and field, nah, bruh. Like I don't know what I was thinking. I great aspirations. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I had the mental capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned, though, bro. I'm not athletic at all. <laughs> like, and you would think that you know me saying that now, and then, bro. But you went to the military, right? Well, basic training. Well, I had a different mindset, and you know, I wasn't trying to run track. Right. <laughs> like I wasn't trying to kill myself. Right. Like I can run two miles easily. Like I don't have a problem doing that. But sprinting and doing up and down no hurdles and So what about like physical education? Like y'all in high school? How are you? I hated that joint. Like no no so not to knock myself, you know what I'm saying? In elementary school I was um I I did the V sit and reach. I guess when you had to put the little joint in and you reach as mm-hmm. far as you go, see how flexible you are. I guess I don't know what the. I never understood why we had to do that or mm-hmm. what the process was. Nonetheless, I set a record in elementary school, legit. Now, oh no no not that not the V sit and reach. I'm sorry, it was sit ups. It was sit ups that I set the record for. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I did seventy one. Oh, I don't remember doing that many because I was just going up and you know I was just doing the sit ups, uh, and I think. That the person that was counting liked me, and so she, I, in my mind, I think that's what happened. I really don't know because I was just going, I was, I was doing steps, uh, but that record wasn't broke until I was in my late twenties. Somebody finally broke it from that elementary school. So I mean, seventy-one. Yeah, I couldn't do seventy-one now, and even like in the military, that was a thing we had to do. There was no way I was doing seventy-one. I would do the bare minimum just to get it done. Like I am not like. Again, like 
I loved the army. Uh, well, I loved aspects of the army, okay. um, but I did not like that aspect. I did not like the physical fitness test. I hated it. <laughs> hated every moment, especially the two mile run. I hated it. I would pass it. I would kill it. Mm-hmm. I just hated it. So, yeah. So physical fitness uh, in school was not really a big deal to me. Like I did it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I track and field. I just thought that you know, let me get out and do some. No, no, I should never done that. <laughs> I got you. It taught me a lesson of, nah, you're not athletic at all. Leave the athletics to your older brother. Mm-hmm. That's what his thing was. Smarts, computers, video game. That was my thing back then. That was it. So that was my lesson learned on that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. another one. Okay. Um, okay. So. uh I know I initially said I was born in New York, but then we moved to Memphis after okay. 9-11. Memphis. So um, my parents, my dad worked overnight a lot or like throughout the day. Right. So he was never home. And then my mom was never home. Um, I think when we moved in our house, because initially when we moved to Memphis, we were in an apartment. Right. And I think about like the end of my fifth grade going into my sixth grade years when we moved in a house. Okay. And so my mom started... You know, like I said, I was a very smart kid. Right. So they started leaving me at they started leaving me at home to like watch my sisters. Uh probably about like when I was eleven, twelve, thirteen in that area. Right. Um and so, you know, it was routine. I get off get out from the bus, call my mom, let her know I made it. Right. Walk to the bus, get my sisters, call my mom, let her know I made it, checking in. That was the routine. Right, okay. Um you know, I was, you know, a little, little good little kid in middle school. Okay. And high school came. Hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so high school came. Right. And um, I think I was either a freshman or a sophomore. You know, curiosity starts to come in. You know, you have all the friends who are now exploring and losing their virginities. Meanwhile, you're still maintaining yours. Um, so... Everyone knew that Adam's house was the house to be at because okay. <laughs> because my parents were never home. Right. So one, I, I believe it was one one day we ended up having a half a day, and it was also my youngest sister's birthday. Right. I think she, if I was, I was about fifteen or sixteen. That probably puts her at turning. She was probably about to turn nine or ten, somewhere in that area. So um, I'm like, everybody come to my house. It's half a day. You know, we're going to play games, play, you know, play, play the game, do just dance. Like, like my house is the house. The go-to house. The go-to house. So obviously my parents had no idea. Right. Right. And I had it to where at this, at this point in time, we didn't have cameras. Like, Like video cameras. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. So that wasn't a thing. Right. Um, All I had to make sure was, because my parents never came through the fresh door. Right. They always came through the garage. Okay. So in a lot of situations, while they were like driving in the garage, whoever was at the house was running out the front door. And that's just what it was. So on this particular day, um, you know, party kind of got out of control to the point that I couldn't like manage it and... Like, everyone was just kind of everywhere around the house. And um, the garage opened. Oh. And it was my mom. 
And so I panicked. And so like, it was probably a good 20 people. And so I'm like, okay, everyone hurry up, hurry up, go upstairs. Cause 20 people can't run out without my mom seeing 20 people. Right. So I tried to have them like run into like the closet where the heater and everything was and have them bunched in there right. upstairs because I was just like, well, it's like, it's four o'clock in the evening. Why is my mom home? Right. And so come to find out she's coming in and she was like, she forgot something. She's looking for something. And so like, you know, I'm like monitoring her standing there. She was like, are you okay? Like, why are you out of breath? I was like, yeah. oh, nothing, you know? And she was like, what's that noise? Like, and you're hearing them like talk. Cause what I didn't realize in that moment was that they were above my parents bedroom oh my goodness so like you're hearing the footsteps she was like what is that i was like i don't know maybe it's like you know raccoons or something right. like you know just just making conversation trying to get her out the door and so it was working almost out the door and like literally as my mom was about to close her door i guess someone couldn't hold their bladder and decided to pee and that went straight through and hit my mom in the face. Oh my Jesus. Yeah, that was, so, that was a wrap after that. <laughs> of course, my mom's like, is this a leak? Like, what is this smell? Right. And she goes upstairs and she opens the door and all these people just, she was like, what the yeah, please? Yeah, she went in. And she was just like, y'all just get out. And so like, like it's just people just running out like that one one by one everyone's just going back to back and it's seeming like it's never ending right and like she's looking at me with this face of disappointment yeah like you 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 really did it this time <laughs> so like <laughs> you know i immediately started getting on my knees like pleading because i knew like, right. i knew i was gonna have it right like she instantly like slapped me and she was just like she was pissed and so um she was just like i can't believe you so obviously her just grabbing something and going back to work ended up me getting my stuff going with her to work yeah and like she's like going off like you know just letting me have it letting everyone in the shop know because she's you know she braids hair right and so everyone is just like shaking their head and so like she took my house key and like um it became when I got off the bus, I would stand outside and have to wait for her to pick me up. Right. And it was like that for probably like a good three, four months. Um, and that was just the routine of it. And like at the time, you know, in my mind, oh, I'm trying to be this cool person. I'm, everyone come to my house. But like now thinking back at it, it's just like, I don't know why. Like, why did you even do that? For fame, what you mean? Yeah, like, what you mean? no, no. I, I really was just like, that was so dumb. And it's so crazy because, like, probably majority of those people I do not talk to anymore yeah, that's... at this rate. Like, literally maybe two of them right. from those 20 people yeah. were still best friends. Yeah, see, so that... it was just like, like, why? Yeah. Like certain things is just like why like why did you even do that? Like why did you put like you literally brought punishment on yourself with just the decisions you made. Right. Like you just did not think about it because you were just that impulsive, you know, 15, 16 year old trying to be a part of the cool crew, being that person. And it's just like for what? Yeah. Like you're you're seeking validation for who? Yeah. You know? I, I mean so. as kids you, you, you kinda like my house was the go to house, but I think, you know, mom and dad made it that way mm -hmm. um, because they didn't want us to be in trouble. So they figured if we, if our house was the go-to house, then they mm -hmm. always had eyes on us. 
And they weren't like modern to us, like we were bad kids. They were just making sure that we weren't out here in the streets and they didn't know where we were. And we were out here. But we were typical dudes, you know. My boys come over, we'd be playing video games two or three in the morning. And mom would be mad because we'd be yelling up in the house and she'd be trying to sleep. So, you know, <laughs> those lessons we uh, we definitely learned. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, so, um, going back to the military days, there's a lot of lessons you learn in the military days, but specifically, you learn not to trust the people that try to help you out sometimes because mm-hmm. they will get you in. Like, there's a story I shared uh, on that first po- uh, the pro- podcast for the Veterans Day where we were working KP. And yeah, so I, le- I learned my lesson in the military that, that that day because I did KP a few times, but specifically that day I was, we were working kitchen patrol and, you know, everybody has different jobs when you're doing the kitchen patrol. Some people are doing pots and pans, which I did most of the time. Some people are um, like clean up people. Some people are, and there's, there's one specific role that everybody wants to get. And that's where you're sitting in this room. And you're logging what food they take out the pantry. And that's literally all your job. You don't do anything but just sit there. Um, so I somehow got that job. Me and this one other soldier with me. And we was chilling. We was kicking it, man. We was chilling hard, man. You know, and it was an easy job. And then the lunch ladies, who are nice, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're not supposed to be feeding us anything. Mm. We're, in, we're in base training, so you right. know we're supposed to be eating whatever this in the chow hall mm. and then drinking. We had to drink what we call victory punch, which I believe was saltpeter. And if you don't know what saltpeter is, look it up. <laughs> um, well, that's another discussion for another day. But we had to, we, everybody had to drink a cup of victory punch every single day. So mm. they we figured they put something to punch. They never confirmed or denied it, but right. saltpeter. We think that was in, in, in it. That's, that was a running joke. So, but anyways, back to we were just sitting in the little pantry area. We're, we're marking down stuff. We're chilling. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing else to do. So we're just sitting there, and the lunch lady comes in. And it's like, you know, those cookies that one side is chocolate and one side is vanilla, and it got the cream filling in the inside. She's like, y'all can have some if y'all want. And, just, and, and we're like, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. it's it's tempting, but I don't know, mm-hmm. man. And she was like, yeah, and she put it on, she put it right in front of us. I was like, nah, man. So you know, we had to partake. We go in, we went, we went and got some. You know, what I'm saying you might as well. It's not too many times that you get this free, you know, cookies. We can't <laughs> have desserts or nothing. We couldn't have candy. We couldn't have desserts. We couldn't have nothing that like it was food. Victory punch and then get yourself out of uh, the chow hall. That's it. You maintain a healthy diet. Yeah. Well, you can say that. Some people gain weight. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we eating the cookies, man. We chilling. And so we had this one drill sergeant. I'll never forget his name. Like I said before, his name is Drill Sergeant Farm, Vietnamese Drill Sergeant. Temper like nobody's business. Uh, and it's just like he was just angry all the time. Like, mm-hmm. So he comes in that joint because there's always a drill sergeant assigned to the KP crew that has to come and check on the KP crew. So we're, I'm just we chilling and the cookies are right there on the table and we sitting there and he comes in and he's like he looks he's so pissed he just goes off on us. I'm like man look drill sergeant what the, the, we couldn't even blame it we didn't I didn't want to rat the lady out I didn't want to do that I, I, like she's got to keep her job so I was just like you know it is what it is yeah. we got smoked. 
So we had to do definitely do some push-ups. Okay. And then he took us off of that and put us on pots and pans, which is the worst job mm-hmm. known to man because you're watching all the pots and pans mm-hmm. that the kitchen crew use every single every for every dish they make, and it's just you're in there all day. So that was that was that was bad. That was just it was just lesson learned. You know, it's good to you know get the freebies sometimes, mm-hmm. but sometimes it ain't worth it because it will come and bite you in the ass. One way, shape, fashion, or form, man, it just comes back and bites you in the butt, man. Uh, I wasn't feeling that. I j- enjoyed the little time that I had in there because it's the best job. But right. at the end of the day, we we got we got smoked. For, it wasn't even just, worth it. It wasn't, man. Just for mini mini dessert, bro. It was good though. It was temporary got, satisfaction. You understand? We hadn't had any kind of sweets in a very long time, so to, to be indulgent in that—that's right. just amazing. You cherished that moment. I did. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Look, if I mean I was gonna get smoked anyway, might as well go ahead and enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. like I know the I know the consequences. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Because I want it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's other stories. Like I got like there's one time where we had field day, mm-hmm. and somehow, some way, I got put on KP. It wasn't even my time to get put on KP because one soldier something happened to him. They instantly picked me to go to KP. So I missed the field day. Couldn't get no pizza. Couldn't get nothing. Everybody's out having a good old time, having pizza. I'm at KP. I was pissed. <laughs> so, yeah, man, the, the lesson learned there, uh, the military will piss you off. Mm. One shape. I mean, that's any job, but yeah. specifically the military. Maybe more mad than anything. Yeah, they're pushing you to your limits. Yes. Breaking you down, building you back up. And there was no build back up, man. Mm. It just made you more more mad. Mm. <laughs> Hurry up and wait every day. Mm. So, hmm. What's another lesson learned? Hmm. I'll say friendships. Okay. So, I think, so, like, I moved to Memphis when I was nine, and I lived there up until I was 24, which then I moved here to Norfolk. And... For my masters. So, friendships-wise, I probably have, like, from me being nine to now, I have literally three friends that have still been consistent where, like, we're really close and at this point practically family. Right. Which are Shabria, Jasmine, and Trey. And if you've known me, like, if you were to know me from then until now, you know, I've... I've had a lot of different phases of Adama and different time periods of Adama and Adama trying to identify herself and figure out who she is and the people like she surrounds herself with. Right. So I it and it all you know it's crazy is I've always had this always given this benefit of the doubt seeing the potential. Right. In individuals, whether it's a friendship or relationship or whatever, even with family dynamics. So for me, you know, looking back at it, I realized that there were a lot of situations that could have been avoided. There were a lot of friendships that I gave too much energy in and it drained me in the process. And so... um, I think for me, I think the hugest lessons that I learned were during college. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely, it, like, 
whether it was like friendships that I had since like sixth grade, those those friendships got tested. Right. And, you know, obviously now looking back at it, it was something as minor as not effectively communicating something or just the lack of understanding or, you know, you you basically sometimes you grow and as you grow, you both don't grow having the same ideal values. And so that could kind of bring a rift between the the friendship right. to where they're going one way, you're going another, and you're realizing that you're trying to save a friendship due to longevity. And in reality, it, it's the ship has sailed. Right. And so I think for me, I was always the fighter in trying to hold these friendships. And realizing that it really wasn't serving me any purpose. It really wasn't benefiting me. And it wasn't helping in my growth right. as a person. And so I think the hugest lesson that I learned is that it's not about the the quantity of how many friends you have. It's about the quality right. of the friends you have. And, you know, you don't have to have this huge crew to feel as if you're getting the parts that you need to kind of fuel you and make you a better person. You could just identify who that small circle is and that small circle could bring so much power and so much impact. And that was one of the hugest lessons I've had to learn. And at this point, it's not even where I feel as if I have any hate or any malice towards these individuals. It's just one of those things that sometimes you got to love people from a distance. Right. So... For me, it was learning to love people from a distance, learning that, you know, if a relationship has failed or a friendship has failed, you know, having those neat, much needed conversations and being just being frank about the situation instead of, you know, trying to keep it going when in reality it it, it really isn't benefiting one right. one or the other. So yeah, my lesson learned definitely was just accepting the small circle that I have and realizing the impact and how much they have added to my life okay. and my growth and my maturity. And I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And for the longest I wasn't. Yeah. But Yeah, but yeah. I mean, me growing up, I've always had a small crew because mm-hmm. I was always the weird kid. I was I was bullied a lot, so not like I had a huge crew. Like mm-hmm. I've always had a just a small crew. Shout out to South Main crew because that's that's my crew that we grew up with, and everybody knows the South Main crew is the best crew in the world. Uh, and we 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 hung out. That's all we did. It was either you know I was at my, we were at my house or my boy Walker house. Like we were just we were just kicking it. So um, now we're gonna swing shift to uh, lessons learned from the the. The former retailer that I used to work at, mm. um, where I met you. Yes, for, former retailer. Um, that place taught me a lot. I'm sure. Fourteen, 14 years, years, a lot. Um, it wasn't until I got to a particular store in Virginia Beach um, that taught me more than um, taught me more than I realized it was going to teach me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I remember I was a manager at that point, but I had just got 
to my management role. Hadn't even been there a fresh year. And this client, customer, um, he brings this camera in and it is in pieces. Mm. It is in pieces. Like, he just either ran over it, chucked it down the street, it was on the top of his car, and it, I don't know, it was in pieces. And he had coverage on it. And he thought that the coverage was going to take care of this camera and he'll just end up getting a new one. And I was like, unfortunately, sir, that is not covered. Abuse is not covered. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing we can really do for you. So he starts cussing me out, like legit just cussing me out. And at this point, I'm used to it because it's not like I haven't been in leadership. Like that last real in that retail space, I was a leader for of the 14 years I did, 13 I was in some type of leadership capacity. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm not used to being cursed out or anything right. like that. Um, but what made this one interesting is once he finished cussing me out and he cussed out the other manager that was along with me, he told me that within the next five years, I would be scrubbing dishes. I would be washing dishes. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, I already did that. Like, I did that <laughs> in the military. So it was, what are you saying? Right. Um, but it just taught me that, you know, people will do anything to try to get under your skin. Like, Absolutely. holy moly. Like, I just, it just... It was crazy how how deep he was trying to cut, only for him to come back the next day and buy a camera, mm. and stay. He stood he stood away from my department, like didn't even come nowhere near my department. But he knew I saw him. He knew I saw him come in that building um, to get another camera because he did whatever he did to that camera. But it just taught me that people will be people, um, and I can't take anything to heart, especially at that place because it's like people uh whatever they're going through or whatever well, they have it going on in their lives they mm-hmm. try to cast that on you mm. and take it out on you yes. and I'm just like nah bro like I'm good like my day is great <laughs> you know like sometimes it would get under my skin because I'm trying to explain to the client something that it's out of my hands, right. out of my control, and I'm doing what I can within my power. Right. Um, but they just were hearing it. And I get it because, you know, you know, we've all been customers, so it's not like we haven't been in those roles and those mm-hmm. situations. But at the same time, it's like, look, if you just work with me and not get belligerent, I'm going to do my best to try to work with you. Mm-hmm. But the moment you start getting belligerent is when you lose. You're going yeah. to lose. And I wish that people learned that lesson. Like, the more angry you get, the more belligerent you get, you're not going to get anywhere with anybody. You're ultimately going to just lose that situation. So at the end of the day, you got to treat people how you want to be treated. So, yes, it may be a terrible situation, but you got to have patience in it. You got to have patience Patience, in it, man. Because if not, like like I said, man, they're not going to want to help you. And you can Mm -hmm. go to another manager, and they're going to try to do what they can, but they're not going to want to help you. Uh, But, you know... you'll figure it out. Like, I don't get upset about stuff that goes wrong no more, man. It's just not even worth the energy. Um, and if they want to fix it, they'll fix it. Like, and if I got to be adamant about it, I'll be adamant about right. it until they fix it. But it's not worth me yelling or screaming or getting upset, <laughs> wasting my energy on it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's their rules. <laughs> I'm just a customer. So, am I, like, they got millions of customers. Am I worth the, the, the heartache or the headache versus 
the other 20,000 people that might come into your store. So, I think a huge thing is that there is a huge disconnect when it comes to comprehension yes. and communication. Yes. And you can communicate all day and look at it as you're an effective communicator right. in your approach. However, how people receive or deliver in their comprehension are not the same. No, and agree. if you don't detect that, you you're always at opposite ends of the spectrum. That's facts. And not really coming to a consensus to really just dive in and understand truly and comprehend where right. that individual is coming from. That's right. And that's where patience comes in. Yeah, that's facts. So, you know, you have to have that patience because if you don't have that patience, you don't really progress right. when it comes to whatever situation or whatever cards you're dealt with. So, absolutely, like, that's, I honestly, even being at that retail place for the five, the five six years that I did, um, and I only was there for a year at this particular store where I met you, communication was a huge piece that I learned. Patience was a huge piece because yes. for me... I've always been I've always been deemed the person that has a smart mouth. Right. I kind of just say it how I say it. And, you know, through time and as I got older, you know, I still had that energy of saying how I say it, but also being more mindful right. of the delivery. And so I know I remember like younger me compared to now, patience definitely was the first thing to learn because in situations where you were dealing with a customer and of course they'll get they're getting belligerent and you know they're not really respecting your space i would check out right. like okay you fail to realize i still have the power to accommodate and assist you in your needs so talking to me unpleasantly isn't going to speed up that process right and that was my petty streak however uh, essentially, I had to learn, you know, the customer, you know, you, they're there, to, you have to satisfy them and making them that lifetime customer. Right. And so it was having to maneuver through that and not really taking personal feelings and taking things personally, but more so of seeing that, you know, I have to really just look at the bigger picture right. and look at not how they're saying it, but more so the meanings behind it and looking in depth and trying to coach them and work through, hey, what is it? What's going on? Let's let's kind of de-escalate this situation. Right. Because obviously we're not going to get anywhere no. with you being belligerent. And so that was a huge thing that I learned, but it, it kind of stuck with me because even now I recognize like, with me and being a medical social worker in the hospital, sometimes my team members will go into a patient's room and they'll technically get fired, like where the patient doesn't want to deal with them. And typically I'm the one that they call right. to go mediate the situation or talk to them to get whatever information or, you know, formulate a plan that that'll be safe for that patient because I have a way of approaching and I have this gift now where I can kind of pick up and maneuver based off the situation. So that was a huge lesson that I learned that still kind of stuck with me to where it like 
it's almost as if people are comfortable in just pouring into me. And even if they're frustrated, right. it's not directed towards me per se. Right. But they're able to, like, I'm able to kind of talk them through it and we form a solution or they have that support to where they still know that their feelings are valid. Right. And still maneuvering it that way. So that was a huge lesson that I learned in just being in that retail and just taking that with me, even in just my regular day-to-day or even in other work environments. Okay. There you go. See, there you go. That retailer, you know, gave you life (laughs) lessons, a little bit of life lessons. A little bit. Shocks. I don't don't miss any of that, to be honest, since I'm no longer at that retail. So I just... uh, yeah, we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the holidays around the way. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. I can actually enjoy Thanksgiving this year. You know, I think this is the second Thanksgiving. Because before that retail, I worked at Macy's. Um, so I've always been in retail since I was like 16. Right. So, of course, days like Black Friday, Thanksgiving... I, what, what was an off day? Right. I didn't have that. See. So literally, like last year was my first like Thanksgiving where I actually had the whole day to spend in. It wasn't rushing to kind of go see family, like see my best friend's family, or be with my family and then go to work, right. or having them bring me plates no. to work because Not I couldn't just... really enjoy those moments. Right. But now, crazy, I work in a hospital, so it's like. That, that that's a everyday 24-hour thing that right. doesn't stop. So now what I'm recognizing, especially with my family being in Memphis, is like either I'm working the day before an holiday right. or the day after. So if I truly want to have a holiday off, I'm going to have to plan ahead of time right. because the way it's set up, only one nurse and one social worker could yeah. be off per week. Right. And it's... 15 of us and imagine they have their families right they have their kids you know everyone has their obligations so of course that getting that approved it's gonna be hard it's hard yeah so yeah so that, that yeah, yeah me i'm just excited because it's again this is my first thanksgiving off yeah and my first black friday off oh wow in 14 in years 14 yeah years. so but that's being said folks uh that was a good session, but we're gonna that that segues right into next week's episode actually, which is crazy enough. Uh, so next week next episode is the it's basically the Thanksgiving episode, so mm-hmm. we get to talk about what we're thankful for. Um, yeah, it's gonna be good, um, good, uh, good, a wholesome, good talk because you know you never realize what you're thankful for or what you have in life that you're thankful for mm-hmm. until you, you know you have conversation about it. So that's uh that's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. So, Adam, I appreciate you coming by. No you know, problem. having this conversation about lessons learned. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, we will uh, again. We'll see you next week. Uh, and I will tell you if you have any any thoughts or any topics that you want us to talk about uh, and unscripted. Please, again, you have until Saturday to do so. Um, Saturday before six, of course. Um, and if you want to jump on the episodes, feel free to hit me up at any point. Um, I'm always open to let anybody come on and enjoy the conversation with us. It's a good old time. So, but anyways, all right, everybody, again, I appreciate the support. I appreciate you all for listening and I will see you next time. Souls out.